Hello and welcome to episode two of Please Don't Eat the Sage. So today we are diving into a little crash course in the ways that intuition shows up in your life. And yes, I said your life because we are all intuitive beings. We all have access to some form of psychic ability. It's just a matter of knowing how that energy is communicating with us and being able to translate it properly. So to kind of break things down to the bare minimum of what you might need to know in regards to this topic, this episode is titled Meet the Claire's. And no, that is not Claire's the jewelry store. It is Claire's without an E because that is the beginning of all terms that define psychic abilities. So Claire in translation means clear. So it's always prefacing some sort of sensory ability, which is how the energy is communicated to us. So if that doesn't make sense, Hold for a moment. It will, I promise. The first ability that we're most commonly think of when we think of psychics and that we know of is clairvoyance. So that might be a term that a lot of you are familiar with from Hollywood movies or television shows because whenever we are watching some sort of medium that's appearing on screen and the character is needing to convey some sort of psychic ability, clairvoyance, which means clear seeing, is going to be the easiest way for that director, that writer, to be able to show us what What's happening with this psychic ability because it's something that they can take what's in that person's mind and they can project it onto the screen and we as the audience get to be privy to what our on-screen psychic is now seeing. So it's not so much that clairvoyance is the most popular of the ways that psychic abilities come in, it's the one we know about because through the mediums that we're watching it, it's the easiest way for the audience to be in on the story. I want you to take that with a grain of salt if you are not a very visual person because your abilities are probably not gonna show up as clairvoyance. A lot of times you can dictate or sort of try to predict which one of the sensory perceptions is gonna be easiest for you by seeing how you most relate to others in, in real life. So if you are a very visual person, if you are an artist, if you are, I mean, that's the best example that I have as artist, but if you tend to communicate with words that have to do with sight, if you tell people that you see where they're coming from when they're describing something to you, or if you tend to think of things in terms of visuals, if you are someone that sort of sees music as color or or just visualizes things in your mind, it's gonna be a stronger sense for you. And it might be that that's how psychic abilities show up for you because you are so visual, it's gonna go to the easiest avenue to communicate with you. So if you have crazy wild dreams and visualizations, and particularly if you meditate and you see things like colors or visions, you are definitely leaning more towards the clairvoyant side of things. And the great thing about the clairvoyance is because it is a really clear way to communicate a lot of stuff. Stuff. However, your psychic abilities, and this is true across the board, are also going to communicate with you based on your own answer key. My favorite story in regards to clairvoyance, which I am not a highly clairvoyant reader or intuitive, I tend to lean towards some of the other ones we'll talk about later, but occasionally I do have clairvoyant moments coming through. I had a session very early on when I was becoming a Reiki healer and just starting out where I was doing a healing session for a friend. Every time I closed my eyes, I kept seeing scenes from the movie Jurassic Park. <laughs> and it was like they were just playing on the back of my eyelids. I would just see them. And seeing them is always like, oh, an interesting term because obviously you're not seeing them. It's, it's a thing popping up in your brain. 
Sometimes clairvoyants actually do see things in the physical world. Like with eyes open, they will see colors or shadows or even figures or, or visions. Oftentimes what clairvoyance is, is eyes closed and like a thought kind of projects into your mind and, and it's like you're watching a movie. I was watching Jurassic Park essentially. Um, and I was very new in translating my intuitive abilities. So I always like to say that, again, you have your own answer key. Oftentimes what's coming through whenever you are having an intuitive moment is actually something that's from your own experience that you need to then break down to its core to be able to figure out what the message is. I was not aware of what Jurassic Park meant then, but I now have realized that Jurassic Park is deeply connected to my own father and my past. It's a movie that I remember him coming to the theater with us, and it was a, a rare event that he would come to the theater to watch movies. And so Jurassic Park is forever connected in some way to my dad. Because of this, Jurassic Park is now my short answer for when something's happening with a father figure. So if there's a father figure that's trying to communicate with the person that I'm reading, or if there's an issue with the father that they need to look at, oftentimes I'll get scenes from Jurassic Park. That's kind of like the crazy ways that these visual things communicate with us. So know that if you are a clairvoyant person, it sounds like it would be super easy and like, oh, you're just gonna like tap in and you're gonna see exactly who the murderer was and the cops are gonna go to the door and you knock it down and be able to find them. But no, there's usually a little more subtlety to these messages that are being conveyed through our intuition. That being said, clairvoyance does make things a little bit clearer because you do actually get to see images of some sort. And those images are usually pretty unmistakable. They are, are something that you can find a little bit of clarity around. And then you just gotta figure out what the message is. If you find that you are leaning more towards clairvoyance, if you know already that in meditations you see things, or if you're just a visual person within your life, a good way to develop your intuition in that area is to try to hold a visualization in your mind when you're meditating. And I don't mean meditate and just let the visions come because they will, or maybe let a vision come and then try to hold on to it. But a good way to do it is to sit in meditation, to think to yourself of a particular vision, whatever that is, and see if you can hold that in your mind's eye for at least a minute. And it's going to feel really long <laughs> because a lot of the times when we have flashes of our visualizations in our mind, even in just dreams and things like that, they happen so quickly. So to strengthen that muscle, you can start to practice visualization and holding on to your visualizations for at least 60 seconds. Moving on, if you are not a visual person, you might find that you are a clairaudient person. Clairaudience is clear hearing. This is the ability that I find that I personally block <laughs> because when you have a fear around a topic, you will block that ability for yourself until you break down that fear and become less apprehensive about it. The energy, your intuition is never going to communicate to you in a way that's going to make you feel scared or frightened. So it's going to come through the area that feels like it's real life to you, like it's really a good and natural way for information to be conveyed. For myself, I've recognized in my own like self-evaluation that there's something about hearing things that makes me feel like that's a sign of going crazy. <laughs> I'm okay with everything else that happens in the intuitive world, but when it comes to clear hearing, I know that I'm blocking that ability except for the rare occasion. So clear hearing, clear audience 
shows up a number of ways. Obviously, the most prominent way it would show up would be actually hearing some sort of messages as if someone just whispered it in your ear. And I believe that that's probably the way that Joan of Arc was was getting her information. I think that she was probably very clairaudient. It's not always that simple. Just like with the clairvoyance, it's not always a big dramatic scene. Clairaudience is not always a direct whisper into your ear. Sometimes it comes as music being played on the radio. There's some sort of lyric or some sort of message that's coming in. And a lot of times it'll come in music playing in your head. If you get a song in your head when you're particularly in a meditative state and you're asking for information, always pay attention to the lyrics, the message, or the emotional meaning that you have connected to that song. So that I feel like is the most common way that Claire Audience comes into play is by getting a song stuck in your head. And I'm not saying that every song you get stuck in your head has a deep, and powerful meaning. Um, but particularly if you're in meditation and you're like, gosh, I just can't get this song out of my head so I can meditate. It's probably trying to tell you something. Yes, there's a mystical feeling of intuition, but I also believe in a psychological manner. Even if you don't want to believe in the more mystical variation of this, your brain is trying to tell you something. Your brain has picked some sort of lyric out of the ether to be able to convey a message to you. So it's your subconscious or it's your intuition, whichever one you want to call it. I feel like there's several different ways that it can show up. The The song lyric is usually the most meaningful for me, but occasionally there's a song that will pop into my head that again, just like Jurassic Park, will have some sort of meaning to, or connection to my past. And then that is how I can translate what it is that I'm focusing on or where the message is supposed to be turning my attention. To strengthen this ability, a great way to be able to tune into this is to just practice listening really hard. <laughs> and I don't mean become a really good listener, but that is a great way to tap into this. If you work with music or if you're really sensitive to auditory stimulation, if you're the type of person that just can't stand loud noises or you can hear things from like three apartments away and it gets on your nerves, you're probably going to be leaning towards this clear audience ability. A way to make sure that you can practice that and intensify that is when you sit in meditation, meditate not only on that clear mind, but also see if you can hear something three apartments down. See if you can hear something one street over. See if you can hear something a mile away. And I mean, obviously you're not gonna know the exact parameters of where your hearing is going, but see how far and how faint you can get your hearing to go. And by doing that, you'll strengthen that muscle and you'll be more likely to be able to tune in quite literally to that ability. So the next ability when it comes to the Claire's is my personal favorite. Well, I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's my prominent ability in regards to my readings, and that's clairsentience. So clairsentience means clear feeling. And this can be both feeling as in physical body and feeling as in emotions. So I'm a Cancer sun sign. I'm very tapped into my emotions. I'm very I'm also a Pisces moon. There's a lot of water going on in my chart. Emotions are really big for me. It's also commonly referred to as being an empath. They're not exactly the same ability. Sometimes there's a division between the two, but if you find that you're empathic, then you probably are prominently clairsentient. 
And this ability is a very interesting one to try and translate. You have to be very aware of your own body and emotional state in order to be able to figure out that you're getting clairsentient messages. So for most of my life before I became a Reiki healer, I was in fact an empath and I was not aware. And so rather than it being this beautiful gift that I could then translate into messages, it was an incredible burden. I am an introvert and they always say that introverts gain energy from time alone and lose energy from time around other people. That was always really true for me and added to that was an extra layer of physical symptoms that would pop up if I was around a lot of people for an extended amount of time. There was one particular year that I'd gone to Lollapalooza, which is a huge concert that takes place in Chicago, and I was there for all three of the days that it occurred. And being around those massive numbers of people, I would have a great time But I would come home and I would have a headache and I would have a stomach ache and all the muscles in my body would hurt. And it just felt like my body had just been beat up, even though I hadn't been that physically active that day. At the time, I didn't know. But looking back, I now know that what was happening is I was picking up on all of the energy around me. I was getting psychic hits on what was happening in the entire crowd of people. Clairsentients have to be very careful not to take on the energy of the world. And that comes from not being a recluse where you don't go out into the world and pick up on other people's energy, but it comes from being very aware of what your own energy feels like. That's the physical side of things. There's also the empathic ability translates to emotional sides as well. So sometimes you'll be in a crowd of people and you'll get anxious for no reason, or you'll all of a sudden want to cry. And a lot of times that's picking up on the energy of the world. I've had a couple of occurrences where this has happened. When I used to do uh, group auditions a lot, I would go and I would get so incredibly nervous beyond what my own nerves were feeling. And now I can look back and I can recognize, oh, there's a room full of nervous people. I'm just taking on all their nervous energy on top of my own nerves. And it would become almost debilitating, no matter what kind of practices or deep breathing or preparation that I'd done beforehand. And so now I recognize that if I can have a smaller group or if I can be around less people before going into some sort of nerve-wracking situation, I do much better in that process because I'm not picking up on the energy around me and adding it to my own nervousness. And so if you find that you have sort of physical ailments when it comes to being around people or being in intense situations with other human beings, you're probably a little clairsentient. You also might say things like, I feel you whenever someone says something to you. You probably are a more emotional person (laughs) because you are picking up on the energy of others. The best practice for clairsentience is really actually the opposite of strengthening it. The best practice is to know what your energy without anyone else's energy feels like. I find that meditation is the perfect scenario to be able to tap into this because it teaches us to be present in the body. The more that you can sort of do a body scan in your meditation and release anything that you feel like you're carrying around and really come back to your center, the more that you're going to become fully aware whenever something that's not yours or something that's a message pops up in your existence. Because it's only by knowing what your blank slate feels like that you can register when someone's writing a message on the chalkboard. That's my practice for you clairsentients out there know what your baseline feels like and be able to wipe that slate clean whenever you need to so that you can see the messages as they come up. The next of the big four of the Claire's is claircognizant. 
So claircognizant is the one that I feel like most of the population is. We all have this ability. I mean, we all have all of these abilities. They're just more intense in one of us than another one. Um, But claircognizant is the one where it's clear thinking. And it's that stroke of brilliance, that thought that comes out of nowhere that is divine inspiration. So particularly if you're in a creative field, if you're a writer, if you're a musician, if you're an artist, or if you're in a problem-solving field, I feel like that's where this claircognizant comes into play a lot. I truly believe that Einstein was a claircognizant because he says that he would sleep with a pencil in hand, and when the pencil would hit the paper and it would wake him up, he would wake up and start writing. So like the ability of sleeping would bring him into a state of sort of meditation and clear-mindedness. And then the second that he would wake up, he would still have that clarity to be able to have these thoughts drop in and the stroke of brilliance occur. Claircognizant is a beautiful ability. It's also really hard to figure out when it's happening because we're always thinking all the time. Oftentimes we mistake claircognizance for our own thoughts, which is kind of okay. If you want to take credit for that stroke of brilliance, that's fine. But if you are trying to develop your intuition to be able to read for yourself or for others, recognizing when it's a claircognizant thought as opposed to one of your random thoughts popping up in your head is going to make you that much more self-assured about following the advice. Really, the only thing that I have to say about this is when it's claircognizant, there's a deep and powerful resonance to it. It feels like a whole body yes. And you're not quite sure why it feels like a yes. And the times that I trust my claircognizance the most is usually when I get a full body yes on something that I have no knowledge about. <laughs> there's been no Google searching. There's been no asking other people for advice. And sometimes it's about topics that I don't even have a frame of reference for, but I'll feel a full body yes. And I'll be like, no, I'm certain that that's a go, that, that that is a good thing, that that's something that's supposed to be followed. That's an action that's supposed to be taken. Yeah, that's sometimes why for me, I find it almost more fun to do readings for people that I know nothing about because I can really recognize that full body yes and know that it has nothing to do with me having any emotions or thoughts of my own in regards to this person's life because they're a stranger. I don't have any ties to them whatsoever. But yeah, that claircognizance can be tricky to tap into. The best thing that I have for you to say in developing that one is, again, meditation is going to come across a lot in these podcasts. (laughs) Meditating and clearing your mind of those unnecessary thoughts is going to be a really good way to be able to at least be open to the claircognizant thoughts. A great practice for this is actually a free writing in journals. So if you can sit down before you meditate And just write out all of the junk that's in your head, like quite literally, like whatever it is you're thinking, put it down on the page. If you do that for about a page and a half to three pages, you'll you'll do a mind dump. And that will kind of clear the pathways for more claircognizant thoughts to come in. And then you can be certain that they're not just that thought that was lingering from the rest of your day because you already put that thought on the page. Those are the big four of the clairs. But then there are two lesser known Claire's that are kind of like the stepchildren of the clan. (laughs) They don't show up quite as often. And sometimes they show up in tandem with the other Claire's, but they're still important to mention because when they do show up, I want you to be able to trust them. The first one is Claire olfaction, which means clear smelling. Clear smelling is very interesting. Sometimes it shows up quite literally and that you're just tapping into a smell that's there, only it's stronger because it's a message. 
And sometimes I almost feel like it's like a smell hallucination. I actually have become a little more factory in recent years. Sometimes I kind of wonder if I sound crazy to the rest of the world. <laughs> so if you are the type of person that is very sensitive to smells, maybe you're allergic to perfume, maybe you just are really, really extra offended by any smells in the room when other people barely notice it. If you have almost like a pregnant woman nose all the time, <laughs> you might be tapping into a clarofactory ability. This one is going to be up for translation whenever it occurs. I find that my clear smelling only taps in whenever there's something amiss. Uh, so if I'm giving someone Reiki or giving a reading for them and I get a strong hit on a smell, it's usually something that's bad for them, something that they need to avoid. Or if I'm in a space that the energy of the space is just really heavy. If it's, you know, maybe there's some spiritual elements going on, maybe there was some past traumas that happened in the space, I'll usually smell an offensive odor. And honestly, I kind of believe now that most offensive odors might come from some sort of energetic imbalance. So that's something to mull over. Like, is it that I'm smelling something that's not there to tell me that the energy is bad? Or is it that any of the smells that any of us smell that are offensive are actually telling us that there's something there that we need to avoid? It could be either way or a little bit of both. This one is, I mean, honestly, my best advice for this one isn't about strengthening, it's about coping with it. If you are the type of person that suffers from sensitivity to smells and that that is how psychic information is being conveyed to you, I highly recommend getting a really great essential oil blend that you carry around with you everywhere <laughs> to be able to put on your wrist or something and be able to clear your senses whenever you smell something offensive. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting one. I'm trying to think if there's any particular... I, I, I often smell it in spaces. I'll smell something offensive in a space and then I'll sage this place and the smell will lift, which could be argued one of two ways. It could be that I've lifted the bad energy and the smell has gone away, or it could be that the sage has air disinfecting properties because that's been proven and that's what's making the space smell better, but it definitely lifts it for longer than like a deodorizer would. Sometimes I smell cigarette smoke on people that need to stop smoking, um, that haven't had a cigarette recently to be smelling like smoke. My best one for this one is actually a client of mine that was a regular at the time and was also one of my yoga students came into class and she'd recently given up meat and we talked about how good it was for her to give up the meat. And then she came into class and all I could smell when I was near her was burgers. <laughs> she hadn't, but to my knowledge, she hadn't had a burger that day. But um, I asked her after class if she'd started eating meat again. And she was very upset that I recognized that. It's up for translation. I, I know some people will smell like cookies that their grandmother used to make whenever the grandmother's spirit is nearby and helping out. So it's not always offensive stuff. Sometimes it's pleasant stuff. And sometimes it is connected to our memories. Start to, even if you don't think you have clarofactory abilities, start to kind of play around with that concept in your mind. I encourage you to start to think of smells both good and bad as maybe there's some sort of psychic hit. And if you have any experiences that that creates clarity for you, please feel free to message me or comment or something wherever you can find me because I would love to hear those stories. And then the final more minor Claire that we have is Claire Gustance. And Claire Gustance is clear tasting. 
So kind of similar to the clear smelling, uh, it doesn't come up quite as often and it's kind of hard to discern. Like you have a clear taste in your mouth. Did you just eat something that's tasting bad or tasting good sometimes? Or is it something that you need to be trusting? And usually if it's something that you can't pinpoint like where on earth this taste came from, it might be something that is being an intuitive thing that's being communicated to you. I don't think that I've experienced this particular ability or if I have, I'm less aware of it, but I assume that it's it's pretty similar to the clear smelling and that it's it's all up for translation. Like, does it taste bad? Maybe there's a bad thing happening. Does it taste good? Maybe there's a good thing happening. Feel free to play around with that communication. And I think that this one is probably the same thing as the Clarofactory one. If you can have some sort of mint on hand <laughs> to be able to sort of clear the palate. That's going to be a really good way to cope with if this is one of the major ones that comes through for you. You have to have some way to sort of clear the slate and be able to know when something's coming on top of your normal taste buds. So that is our roundup of the Claire's. So I hope that you enjoyed meeting the Claire's and I hope that you found some <laughs> clarity of your own in regards to how your intuition is trying to communicate with you. And don't try to do all this at once. Take it slow. Allow yourself the time to just kind of ruminate over all of this information and then start to notice how your different senses show up in your life and start to notice how you feel in meditation whenever you clear the slate. The more that you can get to know those sensations, that clean slate feeling, regardless of what ability is showing up for you, the more that you're going to be really, really finding more clarity on what's information that's being given to you by the universe or the powers that be and what's just random information that's just happening in life. Or you could just trust that everything is a message of some form, but sometimes that can drive you crazy. Finding that 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 yes, that that thumbs up from the universe that you are translating this message right is a process. And again, it has a lot to do with defining your answer key. The more that you can learn that Jurassic Park means father figure <laughs> or whatever your translation is, the more that you're able to translate these messages. And until then, just have fun with it. And sometimes it's just good enough to know that someone's there trying to communicate with you, that there is an energy that is supporting you, that is guiding you along. Sometimes you don't have to actually know what the message is other than the universe is there and you are being supported. Today's podcast was again brought to you by my amazing Patreon community. I am so grateful for their presence in my life and for the things that I get to share over at patreon.com backslash Michelle Shea. In addition to the list of people that I thanked in our first episode, I can now add to the ranks Caitlin for her donation. And maybe your name will be added to the list next time. If you would like to order a reading or learn more about my other services, head over to michellesheawalker.com. And if you would like to start a podcast of your own or have music added to any of your projects, you can head over to my amazing audio engineer, Ian Doughty, over at vegansuperpowerspodcast.com.